Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Healing podcast. We are back this week for the third podcast. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a brief synopsis, if you're just joining us for the first time, of what this podcast is about. Um, It's basically we go into different healing modalities with different guests. Um, My name is Kara. I'm your host, and I am also a past life regression therapist and an artist, and I have different healers from my community on every week as a guest, different guests. And this week, we have my very good friend, Margot Friedman, who is a yoga teacher and an artist. Um, And she is here today to talk a little bit about her specific healing modalities and what she enjoys, what she does, how she helps her community. So without further ado, here is Margot. Hi, Margo. Hi, Kara. <laughs> Hello. Thanks How are you me. doing today? <laughs> of course. Oh, I'm pretty good. It's um, raining and I'm inside and nice and cozy, so it's a good day. Yeah. And you are coming to us from where? Uh, I'm in New London, Connecticut right now, um, which is my hometown, and I just recently moved back here. Back here. Oh, yeah, you just recently moved back from Washington, right? Mm-hmm. I spent, yeah, I spent the last year in Washington, and then before that I was in New York City, which you know because we spent a lot of time there together. Um, yes. Yeah. Margo and I actually so I met moved around many years ago. <laughs> Wait, can you, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Sorry, guys. Um Okay, so why don't we dive in? There's so much for us to talk about. I feel like we've just known each other for so long from when we first met in Paris when we lived there, and we've been on definitely different um, journeys of healing ourselves and healing our community, but it's been kind of an adjacent path, I would say. Like, we've been doing it somewhat together, but also on our own. So I would love to talk with you about... Yeah, I'd love to to talk with you about different things that um, you've done and kind of get into um, how you you got into yoga. Because so many people in New York especially are yoga teachers, but your story is a little bit different, um, especially with all of your travel. So I would love to hear a little bit about kind of where you started with yoga and how you got into it. Sure. Um, I mean, I think as you and I have grown up, um, we were born in the late 80s, so um, yoga has definitely continued to get more mainstream in America um, as we've gotten older. So I think there's definitely like um, sort of a saturation of yoga teachers and yoga studios, especially in New York, you know. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. was first exposed to yoga when I was little. Um, my dad used to do yoga in the living room, like every morning. Um, and he had, my parents had some friends who, you know, taught yoga, um, in the area, like at their houses and stuff like that. So, um, I definitely saw yoga from a young age, um, and kind of was exposed to just in general kind of to what it was. And also, you know, had that personal experience of, crawling under my dad while he did, you know, wheel pose mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. 
but in terms of and it was it always interested me um, in terms of kind of specifics about the history and sort of like all the teachings behind the traditions and all that um, that I came into later. Um, I sort of went in like you know would sporadically do yoga classes um, maybe in high school or college um, mm -hmm. and afterwards I think I started to get more of a regular uh, um, <clears throat> practice going when I was living in Colorado and I was skiing a lot so I was doing kind of a lot of like physical conditioning and I found that yoga classes were like a really nice addition to that because it was um, physical but also you know helps mentally um, as well and then you know I, I kind of remember there the studio that I was at offered a teacher training um, but to me it was in Colorado kind of like, you know teachers in Colorado um, and I sort of thought about it but you know they're pretty expensive and at that point I was like it was sort of it felt like kind of a whim to me like oh that would be good although now I would look at that as like oh that's your intuition talking <laughs> mm -hmm. you know but at that point it was just like oh well that would be cool to have and then but the price to me like didn't seem feasible for something I didn't really know what I was going to do with it right um and then when I went to New York I sort of felt like um a bit of an like an emptiness and identity um, and also, like, spirituality. Um, yeah, I feel like so that's that really is common. kind of why I found yoga there. Mm -hmm. You feel like that's common. Yeah, in New York, you know, I think a lot of people kind of feel untethered a little bit, like, kind of like a balloon floating away without any sort of grounding. Um, and right. I think that's what attracts so many people to yoga, because it does have that sense of grounding. Absolutely, yeah. The yeah, the the practice is grounding, and also um, for me, it's something I can um, kind of like bounce off of. You know, it's like a structure within which I can explore a lot. And also, mm -hmm. community was really important to me. You know, I I, I was in Brooklyn, and um, I had work, but it's not like I had a place to go where I could see people I knew until I went to a yoga studio and. Um, you kind of see people every day and you have like nice relationships and it feels kind of like a, a home, a home space. So um, in the, in the studios that I've enjoyed going to it, there's definitely an aspect of that. It becomes a bit of like right. a community center. And can you, can you talk a little bit about um, the studio that you went to? Because I know it's a really special studio where you did your teacher training. Yeah. So um, the studio was, called Laughing Lotus uh, Yoga Center, and it began in Manhattan, um, I think almost 30 years ago. Um, oh, it's old. I didn't founders. know that. Yeah. Um, there were two founders, and they came from um, kind of different yogic traditions in the city, um, and also from dance backgrounds at least one of them was from a dance background so um, the mm -hmm. actual studio that I was in was like a second location from like their kind of a larger location but it had started in a kind of sort of a small room I think down in the village in Manhattan um, and it grew over the years so 
when I found the one in Brooklyn, they had the space in, in uh, Williamsburg and also in Chelsea, bigger space than Chelsea. Mm-hmm. The one in and Williamsburg was a means, really, it was a super magical space. I've been there before and Chelsea as well. It, it was, yeah. I mean, it was very colorful. Um, it was calming, even though it was right next to the trains, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, the windows looked out on the, the train tracks, but that's kind of the pulse of the city. So it worked out in some ways. Um, but, you know, what attracted it to me was, like, you know, there's glitter everywhere. And I there found was a glitter bar. Really knowledgeable. And, yeah. So, <laughs> it's yeah, it was sort of like it. there were additional sensibilities that I enjoyed about this particular studio. So I found it. It felt right. And I stuck with it. I honestly didn't really, you know, try other studios that much while I was there because you know you get a membership it's 60 <laughs> you commit to it and then um that that works actually I did try right. a studio um at my first apartment called Loom which was also really nice but um when I moved to the location was was better here and and I loved it so um and then just to kind of finish of when I got my teachers when I did my teacher training um yeah, I I felt so connected to it and at that point it was like this is actually something I think I'm I'm gonna use, whether I'll use it um to teach exactly or uh really just to be able to get to know myself better. Right. And I think I also think it's super interesting um seeing your evolution of the way that you've used it because it's so unique and it's so different from the way that a lot of people end up using their teachers training, which is, you know, a lot of people will um either open up a studio or work for a studio or just teach classes, but you kind of branched out into this really these really awesome different um like I guess you call them like techniques of yoga or just different modalities of yoga, like with yin and yoga nidra and all of that. Um, yeah. It's, right. So I think that's, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a journey. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I, I did my um, teacher training in the fall winter of 2017 Um and then, and I think there were about 40 other people kind of in my class. And they did, this This studio did uh, two sessions every year um, at that point. So there were a lot mm-hmm. of people getting trained. Um, and honestly, it was like, a, if I, it wasn't necessarily them putting the pressure on. It was me putting the pressure on myself. Like, okay, you're trained. Like, you have to start teaching now. You know? Right. And I spent a lot of the first year really feeling like this pressure and um, I guess shame that I wasn't like going after teaching immediately. You know, it's kind of, it's that New York hustle of like, all right, let's go, let's mm-hmm. get it, you know. <laughs> Which let's is so funny because money. that. Let's start practicing. <laughs> and I feel like that's so counterintuitive with what yoga really represents. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, I think after a while I um realized that that wasn't what was going to work for me at the moment. And you know, I kind of let go of the idea of like, oh, well, if you can't do it now, you're you're just going to like never do it, you know. 
mm-hmm. but it, I definitely kind of, I kept doing trainings. I kept doing um, different, ad, like, advanced trainings, supplementary trainings with the same studio. Um, you know, the first one I did was a fly training. So it was, like, inversions. So that's extra certification hours. Um, but really it felt like it was an enrichment for myself, you know, um, mm-hmm. which was exciting. Like, I loved that part. And I didn't really feel ready to, like, teach everything. I, I feel like I, you know, it's that adage of like you got to help yourself before you help others um right and I feel like I needed pour. I needed some support exactly you can't pour from an empty cup <laughs> um, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then um actually with you know I did various kind of one-off classes at different um different moments um different events that uh, people I knew had in the community and, and that sort of thing. And it, def- it certainly informed the way I moved through the world. Um, absolutely. Right. Uh, but it wasn't and really it, until the pandemic hit that I started doing a regular, regular thing. So I definitely want to touch on the pandemic because I feel like that was such a rich time with you. Um, and, you know, and it enriched my life as well. So much working with you, um, but I think before we move to the pandemic, maybe it would be beneficial to hear a little bit about your travels because you've done such amazing things in your travels and you've gone to these really incredible places that I think so many people would love to go to but maybe can't afford or, or don't have the time or, you know, for so many reasons, um, haven't these people haven't gotten there. Or maybe they have. Maybe mm-hmm. you guys have all been to all these places. But I think they're really special and really worth um, just touching on a little bit if you're comfortable with that. Sure. Yeah. Are you, um, do you have specific places that you're thinking of? I've gone to a lot of places. I've done a few cross-country road trips. I'll just kind of give it, um, you know. Um, and I would love to hear been, about uh, about your trip to, like Australia and um, India and maybe if you could talk a little bit about Thailand and the um, massage uh, course that you took, that would be cool. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so I got my certification in 2017, and then that year actually felt like a million years long, which, <laughs> in kind of a good way, you know, I was going through all this transformation. Um, after the training, just personal and, um, yeah, things that I, I felt like things kind of time like shifted a little bit, but so it was only a year after that, actually, that I decided to go on a retreat with one of my teachers to Rishikesh, um, which is in Northern India. Um, Mm -hmm. and her name is Deborah Langley. She still teaches in Australia and she was teaching in New York at at the time. And she did a law of attraction retreat, um, which I honestly didn't know too much about, but um, I just really connected with the way she taught and everything she talked about I was was super interesting and I wanted to go to India, you know, so um, mm-hmm. I signed on for that. Uh, and then with that, I sort of added trips you know I felt like as long as I was going that far away across the world like I might as well well. some 
Yeah. So, yeah, at other locations and do other things because, you know, traveling that far is difficult. So if you're over there already, um, it's nice to kind of extend it. <laughs> the last I know. That's I why done, when I went um, to – I was just going to say when I went to India, it was like I went to Goa and I went to Mumbai and then I came back and I was like, that was so far. Like I blacked out because it was so <laughs> far. I like don't even remember what happened, but I wish that I would have right, done that. yeah. Yeah, I definitely, if, you know, if you're able to, like, I, I recommend that. Um, and what was nice about the way I did it uh, was I kind of added short periods of time in different places. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I did, I'd done a, um, the last time I'd gone, the first time I went to Asia, I went with a friend. We spent a month um, in Thailand, Vietnam, and Cambodia. and But it was all kind of open. So we were traveling sort of all over the place whenever. Which was cool. That's how you like to uh, travel, but I felt right? Like I wanted a little more structure. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, I think I, I like... liked that to begin with, and now I need I need a little more structure for sure. Mhm. So yeah, on this trip to India, I I did that retreat in Rishikesh, which is um, on the Ganga River, and it's also where the Beatles went to their ashram. So that was that was pretty cool because that's. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. definitely something the Beatles are part have been part of my life since I was young. Yeah. And then I went to Thailand um and did a Thai massage training and that was really amazing. So I did that for a week after the law of attraction training. And those two paired together were really powerful, I felt. You know, I was How in just feel... an incredibly receptive space after the law of attraction retreat. And how did you feel that those um, <clears throat> those two trainings coupled together, <clears throat> sorry, um, kind of shaped you for the you know for for now? Like, did you feel like they had an impact on kind of your life going forward? Uh, short answer: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I mean the law of attraction retreat. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, um, I was just going to say the law of attraction retreat um, was about uh, just kind of a brief uh, explanation of what that means. It's sort of this the idea that the universe is connected, um, everything's connected, and that. So kind of like what you put your energy to and towards and what kind of energy you hold in your life, like more of that is going to come be around you. So, um, but the retreat was a lot, you know, so you might hear the word like manifesting. That's a part of it as well. This particular Mm -hmm. retreat, um, we focused a lot on sort of, We like, you know, she taught us a lot about that and the kind of different sciences and traditions that um, support those ideas. And also it sort of morphed into uh, just based on what the group needed, kind of going deeper into what um, in our individual makeup was kind of like holding us back from being able to do those things. 
that's cool. So that was really interesting. I feel like, yeah, it was. It was like we did kind of like, you know, you sort of dredge out patterns. Um, I say Mm -hmm. dredge, but it was more, it was a, you know, gentle processes, meditations and um, physical yoga practices. And, um, but the intention was to kind of find those patterns that keep you in like the things that you don't really want to be attracting. So kind of like shadow work a little bit. Yeah. 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 Sure. And those tools I absolutely use. And also, um, I mean, the, it actually helps me with certain things that I'd been holding on to or, um, hadn't been acknowledging and that sort of, that sort of thing. So that, that was definitely a kind of a breakthrough. Yeah. So it kind of gave you a technique of ways to work on yourself or on, um, like if you're having issues or problems that come up in the future, you can you can handle them in a way that's healthy for you. Right, and I, I think it gave me a lot of compassion too because we we kind of went into a lot about just the different layers of um, identity and um, generational makeup and um, you know physical, metaphysical, um, spiritual layers, energetic layers. And, and the, uh, you know, connection between all of those and your body and your thoughts and your mind and your heart and all of that. So it gave me a lot more compassion for myself. I mean, I think that all of the work I've done with all of these healing modalities continues to give me compassion with myself and, like, offering that um, for others to have for themselves as well and, you know, for me to have for them too, you know, there's like all different factors of why things are the way they are. And uh, right, right. I think there's we feel a lot there. of pressure to sort of fix everything all at once. And instead you can kind of peel back a layer and be like, all right, like today or this week or a year or whatever you can, like I think I'll I'll sit with this part, you know. And um, it's sort of like a more of a – integrated inside out and back in uh, way of looking about kind of enriching yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds quite holistic, which is really great in my opinion, when it comes to working on um, more difficult aspects of your personality or any, you know, not you, but anyone's personality. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And also working on the the aspects that you really like too. uh, I think I'm really into encouragement. I'm into adding and and kind of like looking at things positively. You know, if there's changes that I feel like I want to make, I try to think of it as like, okay, well, what can I do that will help me move towards a space that I want to be in or um, a pattern or something that I want to be in as opposed to like, what do I need to stop doing? I think that's really helpful. I mean, just knowing you, it you know, you've always seemed to me like someone who has never rushed things. Like you've never been someone who, like you always take your time. And I think that's such a incredible quality and something that I really admire about you because it's so, that doesn't come naturally to me. Like I rush everything. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think especially living in New York, like that is, it's encouraged to do everything as quickly as possible. And like, even from the family I come from, we all are, are like that. And you are just the opposite. And that is something that I think is so special um, that I would love mm, to integrate. So I don't know. Do you have any advice for me yeah. if I want to integrate that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I certainly have some thoughts about it because I agree, actually. And now that you're saying that, it kind of reminds me um, a way that that trip sort of changed the trajectory in my life. But I would say, like, in my own mind, I can be really, really impatient. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, even just saying, like, as soon as I was done with teacher training, I was like, Margo, why aren't you teaching yet? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) like all the time would be like, well, come on, like, all right, it's been two months. Let's go. Where's the results? Where's the, you know? Right. Um, and so I think I've learned to realize that if that's the pace I'm going, that's the pace I need to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like, and that, you know, it's not the case all the time, but I've, I've learned to, try to try to anyway separate the reality from like the shame of it because so I like think, you know not, so like if you're not getting something done in the time that you think in your head you should there's like a shame around that that you try to let go of basically yeah it was it was like I was trying to okay you have to teach you have to teach you have to teach but I wasn't, it wasn't feeling right, like, for me to go after teaching. And, like, and so I learned to kind of listen to that information. Okay, so something's not feeling right about that. So I don't need to shame myself for not doing it. Because if it did feel right, I would be doing it. So and what we're talking are, about here is, a, is your intuition. Yes, Definitely. Yeah, and that's so important. Yeah. That's it's something that I talk about in every every episode of this pod is listening to your intuition and obviously something that I could do more of. Um but right. But well, anyway, it's a practice, you know. I think we talk about healing modalities as practice as well. So it's definitely a practice. It takes practice and it mm-hmm. takes um and reminder and just being kind to yourself about it. It's a it's a process and it's hard too, you know. I, I don't I can't do it every day. I guess I um people's other energies, you know, come in and distract and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And then um I remember actually on those travels because the first I was talking about my first trip to when I when I went kind of backpacking, you know. Um, and right. we just left. It was kind of an open slate, and I felt like sometimes I went with one other person, and um, I sort of felt we had a great time, but I also felt I was sort of compromising. I was trying to find, like, okay, well, what do we want to do together? And I would often, like, defer to her um, about what what we were going to do in that moment or for lunch or walking down the street. Oh, oh, do you want to go into the shop? No. Okay. All right. It's cool. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and it yeah. felt my intention for this the trip when I went to India, I knew I was going to be traveling by myself, which was a little intimidating, you know, although I totally recommend it. 
But my intention was like to listen to what I wanted to do in the moment, you know, walking down a street, like seeing something that interests me. The practice was to go towards it, you know, instead of talking myself out of it and saying like, oh, eh, whatever, I'll I'll see another one tomorrow or that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I had this other plan, so I'm not going to go there. Um, and it was, you feel like that, I I think I was five weeks of doing that by myself and you really feel like that was my whole life in terms of confidence in myself. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Did you feel like that was a beneficial way of doing it? Yeah, I think that was, um, that sort of practice and, and you can do it in, you know, I did it, I would do it in small increments. That was, I was privileged to be able to take five weeks and really try to do it. Um, and, you know, it was also a lot to be in a different, different countries and really far away uh, and be doing that and try to listen to my own intuition about things. Um, but then when I came back and you get, you get back into like the rhythms of everything, I would at least say, okay, like this morning, in my morning routine, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, you know. So I would right, start right. small in in increments of trying to listen to my intuition, because um, again, I like I said, you're not gonna way. be able to change patterns all at once. <laughs> right. It's I think it's so important for people who are interested in maybe starting a meditation practice or even like listening to your intuition, like what we're saying, to just do a slow integration rather than trying to change everything about their lives all at once like because you're constantly Mm -hmm. coming back to that center over and over of the breath or of whatever it is that you're trying to do it's really important to do that kind of in a slow way I think yeah absolutely it I totally agree with you and it that brings back the compassion for yourself as well I mean I'm I'm call myself a yoga teacher but you know I'm I'll be practicing forever and I don't have like I said you know I've tried to focus on different things at different times but you know it's not like I have a daily practice where I sit down and you know uh, pray and do physical and meditative and breath work every day you know if Mm -hmm. I can get one full deep breath every single day then I consider that I practice a regular practice and yeah, to be able to have that yeah standard and then everything else is gravy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then, so you just like we had said before, I did a, well, you did an amazing, um, I guess you, I would say you gave me an amazing gift by introducing me to, um, to Yin, which I'm not sure if everyone out there will know what yin is. I didn't know what it is, what it was when you um, first told me about it. But, you know, if some of the listeners here could learn about it and maybe try it, that would be such a win um, because I think it's so enriching and such a special practice. Um, I would love if you if you could talk a little bit about how you learned and about, you know, what it is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, so yin yoga, um, the name, first of all, correlates to yin and yang, 
Um, mm-hmm. And Yang is the sun and the more um, masculine side to things. And that's, um, we're not talking about like person gender of masculine, but a general masculine. Um, like an energy. Pattern. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's going to be like brighter, more active, um, kind of like more action based. And then yin is the kind of cooler side, the moon side. So yang, the sun, yin, the moon. Um, mm. It correlates to femininity. Um, and also it tends to be kind of more grounded, quieter, um, but also more creative in it's sort of like sitting in this coolness of uh you know the creative waters that happen um in that in those moments um so the i my i did my training with laughing lotus with two teachers brandy ryan and susan derwin who are both fantastic teachers if anyone wants to look them up and um yin essentially is held poses. So it's active stretching, but in very supported um, shapes. And they're held for three to five minutes usually. So and it's how did be you different feel... than a lot of the vinyasa classes. How did you feel the first time? Because I love this story and I think it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can talk about the first time you did yin and like yeah, what that experience Yeah, I did the first like. time on that trip. Yeah, on that trip when I, I went to Australia after Thailand. And mm-hmm. one of the people that I'd been on the retreat, retreat with uh, taught a yin class. And I loved her. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go to this yin class in Melbourne and reconnect and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. I was, you know, sitting there. My mind is racing. My body hurts. I feel like, you know, I've been yeah, so trained to, yeah. like, try to be, like, doing certain things in a different kind of technique that this was just, like, I felt like I was doing it wrong the whole time. And my mind was just like, Ugh, like, why, why am I here? Why am I being asked to do this? Why is she telling me to relax? Like, why? <laughs> you know, and I hear that a lot from other people, too. It's like, I go to a yoga class, they tell me to relax, and then that's the last thing I can do. And yeah, I felt well, that, I like, think so viscerally with the end. With the end, too, it's like you have to hold the poses for much longer than you would in normal yoga. So it's kind of like gives you time <clears throat> to think more. So you're like this is uncomfortable, what am I doing, like, blah, 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 loop in your head, I think, more than just with regular mm-hmm. yoga class. Absolutely, yeah, the the classes that I did were um, sort of, like, vinyasa flow, and it really enabled me to kind of lose my mind in those, which I, I love, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is an awesome tool, and also, I was relying on something external to get me out of my head. And um, right, right. which was is super helpful. And also there's a way to practice like being able to put yourself in that space, like within your own mind. Which so is also more so what, important. What you know, think. Absolutely. Yeah. They're both so useful <laughs> and important. Right. So so you did your first yin class in Australia and you really didn't like it. And then what made you want to try it again or even like get get into it further? 
Yeah, well, now we're back, I think, I mean, I think there were maybe, I can't remember when exactly I did other yin classes, and but I'm thinking it may have been actually um, once we were in the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to get into that now. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember because I feel like in the pandemic you were home. You were in Connecticut, right? First some yeah, of it. March and then 2020, I happened to be in Connecticut, and then the city shut down. I thought, oh, I'll stay with my parents for a couple weeks. Oh, a couple more <laughs> weeks. Oh, okay. And then, you know, it ended yeah. up six months there uh, before I moved right. to Washington. Um, and but so when you were, it, the pandemic when, totally changed my practice, for sure. So when you were in you know, Connecticut, I was able to that have was... a home practice. And that was when we started doing Yoga Nidra, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So Yoga Nidra so, is um So this is this is what I was talking about earlier, guys, about this super special practice that Marco did that really helped me through the pandemic. So we're gonna we might zigzag a little here because in in a chronological way it was like you were in Connecticut for the beginning of the pandemic for the first like six months or year, whatever. And then you moved to Washington, which is when we, when you and I started doing yin. But when you were in Connecticut at first was when we were doing yoga nidra. So I don't know if you want to start with our time when we were doing, if you want to talk about what you did with yoga nidra first and then move on to uh, yin or whatever, whatever is easier for you, you can start with sure yeah that sounds that sounds good um so yeah i've mostly i've been doing yoga nidra and yin yoga um teaching that primarily for the last year and a half so um when the pandemic happened i felt like i felt like i needed to do something for my community i felt like there was something i, I could offer I mean, it was obviously a crazy time, and there were a lot of um, very, you know, fatalities and all that. And so that was a lot of what we were worried about. And then also I immediately thought, okay, well, if any of us are going to be able to deal with this, we're going to have to, like, get a little more grounded on the inside and Mm. um, kind of support ourselves like in this crisis situation and I thought that yoga nidra was uh, really an incredibly perfect way to do that so can you explain like uh, what yoga nidra is and kind of um, about what you how you interpret it and the way that you used it yeah so yoga nidra is kind of like a guided meditation Um, it's a little more specific than that the purpose of which is to be able to kind of travel into your subconscious um, and unconscious and be able to release things um, that don't need to be there that might be causing um, issues or just, and also just to kind of explore what's in there. Um, 
and so that's that's kind of a very vague overview of what it is. Uh, no, I think that's perfect. What that happens. is. Yeah. And then you can also um, add in things that you, uh, like often at the end of the session, we will create kind of this intention for how you'd like life to be for you. Um, and that pl kind of plants a seed inside there as well. So during oh, a the session, bubble, right? I go through what a session is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to kind of go through what a session, what happens in a session? Yeah, that would be great. Cool. So um, it's most of the session is done laying down in a completely restorative, restful position. Uh, often we'll do just a little bit of movement at the beginning because um, it's hard to just be like, okay, lay still, because <laughs> your body <laughs> and your mind is kind of like <laughs> all over the place. So sometimes we'll do a little bit of stretching. Um, a little bit of kind of light yoga to start, and then uh, we'll get comfortable. So um, we'll be often supported something cushy underneath you. We'll be really supportive with pillows and blankets. Um, your body temperature sometimes goes down when you're resting, so it's nice to have a blanket on top. Um, and then that's, like, really all you're kind of required to do. <laughs> I mean, you're not requ you're required to do whatever you want to in a session, but <laughs> after that, like I, <laughs> I as the, the um, leader of it, will sort of take over. So the rest of it is uh, you listening to my voice uh, and my guidance throughout the session, and we'll I'll put on some music. Um, sometimes it has, um, yeah. So it's it's pretty light music, and then I will talk about uh, kind of there's different sections to it. Um, one is like grounding yourself in the room. We do body scans, so you're sort of breathing and and touching with your with your mind different spots on your body, um, and that makes it easier to sort of let let things relax. Um, we'll do um, pratyahara, which is uh, like taking the senses away. So we'll do a practice where we, we listen to the sounds around uh, you in the room. And then that is very cool because it all comes back to my voice. So then you're kind of in this like liminal space of being in your body um, and hearing what's happening, but being able to kind of travel to other places. Uh, so like astral travel kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're <laughs> if you want to call it that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then also, so yeah, we actually part of it is um, also a story that I do. So I think there are different kind of techniques, exact we'll do in yoga sessions, but I learned. This Margo, I think I might have lost you. You still there? Yeah, I'd say, and that's one of the things that really drew me to the oh, practice Margo. to lead it. I yeah. lost you for a minute. Um, would you mind just repeating oh, that okay. last, like, 10 seconds? Sure. I th where did we leave off? Um, well, you were explaining about 
about the story and about how um, you kind of give a story uh, to us. And then that was kind of the last thing I heard from you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we do the, we do this, um, we release let go of the senses. We do the body scan we do um, deep breathing to kind of get you into this like um, relaxed state. And then we also um, do different like short visualizations, which serves to kind of like, we use the word ping, (laughs) ping different parts of your brain. Um, but without sitting mm-hmm. on it. So that kind of gets you in the mode of like um, being able to kind of like follow without the attachments of like, oh, you're telling me to like go down a road. Well, I've never been down this road before. Like, wait, I can't <laughs> decide what the road is. Da-da-da. You know, it, it lets go of that kind of like judgment part of the brain and then just allows mm-hmm. your mind to kind of travel. So the story will often, I really like, um, you know, I I was living by the beach when I started doing it for people and we did it on zoom, which was great. Um, and, uh, so it was often. Margo, I think we're having a little bit of trouble with the sound guys. I'm so sorry. Um, Margo, are you still there? Margo. Margo. Ascending okay. somewhere. So I think we might've lost Margo. Oh, are you there? I'm here, I don't know Sarah. what's going on. We, we keep losing you. <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe if you're in one spot, hmm. if you could just sit right there, wherever you are, because I can hear you really well right now. Okay. I think the only thing that was <laughs> it's interesting, well, I, was, I hadn't moved, but I ha- was moving my hands around a lot because I tend to do that while I'm taking people through the story. <laughs> You're just wildly gesticulating and we lost you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, combating the, the signal here with my hands. <laughs> totally. Um, um, so, yeah, if we want to just pick up where we left off, that we would just we were just talking about, you know, all of the different themes that you were doing. And, like, I personally remember loving how you did a lot of like spring flower themes um at that time because it was like just a high spring it was so nice all the cherry blossoms were out and like I remember Mm. one you had lilacs and it was so beautiful yeah it was I pulled a lot from what was happening just in nature around me um which was really interesting having been living in New York before and then Mm. kind of having nothing, you know, um, I was working in restaurants, so I wasn't working when the pandemic happened and I was living in Connecticut. And uh, so I was really in tune with like, which flowers came up first, you know, how the trees were budding, did the trees, like have flowers or leaves, you know, that sort of thing. It was like a lot of different um, waves of growth that I was really into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. And then, so yeah, we did that like on a weekly basis, right? I would say every, I think it was every Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Um, yeah, I and did then... every Wednesday night. And I offered it to people, um, which I was lucky to be able to do. Uh, you know, I didn't charge people because I just felt I, I personally needed some connection 
and also I felt like, okay, like this is something that I can help people around me to relax. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I did it almost every week and it brought me so much clarity and just so much comfort to feel like I had a really strong community around me, even if it was people, some of the people I had never even met in real life, but it was just such a, like a charming part of the pandemic. And there were so many little things like that, that I had in my community that really just, you know, it made my experience so memorable and so magical. And I'm so grateful that I had that. Um, And if people are so honored to be a part of that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if people are interested in doing this with you, is this still something that you offer? Uh, yes, it is. I I don't have a regular schedule for it right now, but um, I do do private sessions and also, you know, private group sessions if anyone's interested in that. Um, we did it on Zoom uh, then, and it's actually great on Zoom because you're already in your um, place where you're comfortable. So that kind of is like, yeah, you can do it in your bed, although often you fall asleep, but, but yeah, Mm -hmm. you're already in your home. And, um, and also the great thing about zoom is it just makes it much more accessible for anybody who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's hard to leave their house, um, or hard to add another trip or, or we're in a different state. So that's great. So, right. Yeah, if anyone is interested, you can always find me on my Instagram page. Uh, and that's and do you want to share a, that? Yeah, it's a combination of my yoga and my art and my personal. So, um, But it is at Margot Makes, so M-A-R-G-O-T-M-A-K-E-S, Margot Makes. Um, and you can always DM me there if you have any questions about it or if you want to just check out my artwork or um, if you want to schedule a session, that's that's a great way to get in contact with me to start. Um, and, and you I guys, you have to it, schedule. So. You have to schedule a session with Margot because she is the best. She is so gentle, so caring. Like she really does pay attention to every single detail. So I would highly recommend scheduling something with her. Thank you, Kara. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm so glad that we got to talk. Um, And I will be back to you guys next week with another special guest. So have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye, everybody.